Right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, one of the things that is emerging is uh, well, Jen Psaki, the chief propagandist of the White House. Remember, she said, well, we don't need to give COVID tests to illegal immigrants because they're not going to be here very long. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's there's more lies than we could even mention in the course of this program. But anyway, she was questioned by Peter Ducey and Peter Alexander, uh, on the issue of sending Kamala Harris to the Supreme Court. Now, what's fascinating about this is she refuses to outright deny Kamala Harris is being considered as a possible nominee. It's been widely reported that they're not getting along. We can kind of see that. Uh, Kamala is the only one that has a lower approval rating than Joe Biden at 28 percent. Joe's at a whopping 33 percent. Uh, but here's Saki going back and forth with Peter Alexander and Peter Ducey. Is there any scenario in which the president would select his vice president, Kamala Harris, for the Supreme Court? Again, I'm not going to speak to uh, any considerations, preparations, lists. Um, and as we've stated earlier, and you heard the president say, uh, it is there's a long history of Supreme Court justices determining when uh, they may retire, if they retire, and announcing that. Uh, and we're going to, uh, that remains the case today. Thank you. When you were asked about the vice president possibly being selected as a Supreme Court nominee, you said you're not going to speak to any considerations. Does that mean she is being considered? Uh, again, Peter, I'm not going to speak to uh, the reports of a Supreme Court justice retirement that hasn't been announced. So theoretically, would someone who theoretically, I do like that you preface it. I appreciate just, that. Just wondering, hypothetically, theoretically, uh, would someone who was an attorney general of a large state and who served with many key Senate votes be an attractive candidate to the president for an open Supreme Court seat? I see what you did there, Peter. But uh, the president has every intention, uh, as he said before, of running for re-election and for running for re-election with uh, Vice President Harris on the ticket as his partner. Uh, but again, I will just reiterate uh, that uh, I have nothing more to offer in terms of specifics or information on the reports this morning. All right, here for a reaction, we have Joe Paggs, our buddy, host of the Joe Paggs Show. Joe Concha, Fox News contributor, columnist for The Hill, and uh, the guy that should have the media program on the Fox News channel because he's so good at it, and he's the only one that's not part of the the media mob Twitter blue hashtag uh, uh, cult that has emerged where they only talk to each other in this little bubble. Uh, anyway, Joe, I found that fascinating. Uh, actually, I see that you tweeted out about it as well. I did, and do I pay you in crypto for the promotion, or do you just take Venmo and regular? I'll American take I'll, I'll take crypto, especially at today's rates. I think they're right. going to go. I'm 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 laser eyes. I think they're going up. We're one Elon Musk. Hey, this thing could be good after all. Uh, statement from the going up <laughs> one billion points. I agree. It's true. Uh, By the way, yeah. I don't give I don't give medical advice, and I don't give uh, financial advice. That, that might be a good idea. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, Jen Psaki, you know, say what you will about her, and I, I agree with you that she does not get enough criticism for all the lies that she's told since she's been at that podium. You know, Republicans want to defund the police. Uh-huh. Hey, build back better will cost zero dollars. Nuh-uh. Uh, you know, we could go on and on, and obviously the example that you mentioned earlier as far as migrants being flown to different parts of the country and her, you know, claiming, oh, we don't know anything about that. But I would think that when she does make a statement like that, when she's asked – about Kamala Harris possibly being on the Supreme Court, it should have been just so easy just to say, wait a minute, 
Kamala Harris is the vice president of the United States. Joe Biden is the president. They will run in 2024 and they will win. Something like that. And then that puts it all to rest. But now she's left that door open. And it makes total sense, to your point, when you want to get rid of somebody by somehow promoting them so their egos aren't hurt, so you kind of look good in the process, you check off that box of putting a black woman on the court or a woman of color anyway, uh, then then it all, all makes sense. And then he could bring in, you know, hey, if we listen to Tom Friedman, it'll either be Liz Cheney or if we listen to Bill Crystal, it'll be Mitt Romney, which makes total sense when Joe Biden once said that Mitt Romney wanted to put black people back in chains. Yeah, that's your vice president now. I mean, it's so ridiculous what we're seeing, but I've heard crazier things as far as Kamala Harris being the Supreme Court nominee. The question is, is she even qualified? I mean, I guess she was a district attorney and an attorney general, but... No, she would be the first Supreme Court justice that that failed the bar exam. Uh, That would be an interesting distinction. Uh, let's get Joe Pags's take. Joe, uh, what's going on? Hey, Sean, I've heard that, that it's going to be Oprah. It's going to be Stacey Abrams' sister. It's going to be Kamala Harris. Can you think about the overt racism that we're dealing with in this story? It is so unbelievably overt. I want to give you a sports analogy, if, if I may. Michael Jordan comes out of North Carolina. He's ready to go in the draft, and some idiot says, you know, we got 80% blacks in the NBA. We probably need a white guy here. Let's bypass the best candidate. And let, let's put a white guy on our team. That's how stupid this is. How about we get the best candidate? We stop playing this race game. Every media outlet, ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, CNBC, they're all touting the praises of Joe Biden promising to choose somebody by their race and their gender. And we have no clue how they would be on the court. This is nuts. In a post-equal rights America, guys, where this is what we're accepting as okay and somehow normal. And Kamala Harris, come on, her party didn't even want her to be the nominee. What did she get, 3% or 6%? And she's failed miserably in every step of the way as the vice president. Can you imagine putting her in the court? Hey, look, we've got a black woman. Like, that solves something. It doesn't. It's nuts. It's overt racism in 2022. I didn't think we'd see this. Well, look, I mean, he's being called out on this now. You, you made the promise. James Clyburn is saying it. Uh, Jen Psaki saying Biden standbys the promise to uh, nominate an African-American woman to the Supreme Court. And I'm, I'm sure there are dozens of highly qualified people uh, that fit the bill. Um, to me, the criteria should be who is the best person to serve on the Supreme Court, period. Um, but anyway, Biden exactly now right. promised, you know, Representative Clyburn without Clyburn in South Carolina. I don't know if Joe would have even won the nomination. Um, how far will they go in terms of hard left? I think that they will put somebody hard left on the court, a judicial activist. I don't think any of that is in question. That's standard operating procedure. Democrats never seem to get it wrong, though. They don't have many David Suiters in their background. Uh, Joe Concha. And the thing is, Sean, also, even if they do put a far-left activist on the court that somehow, you know, it gets through the Senate where a mansion or a cinema doesn't oppose that. Remember, Manchin said back in 2018, and Manchin was the only Democrat to vote for Brett Kavanaugh, by the way, that he wants a centrist on the court. So he could blow this whole thing up, too, which is just delicious. You know, I mean, that's the most powerful Joe <laughs> in the country, right? It goes Manchin, Pags, Piscopo, Pesci, then Concha. But, yeah, those are your powerful Joes. Uh, but, but all that said, I don't think this is a game-changer in any way, shape, or form. I'm watching MSNBC and CNN. And yesterday, and they're positively giddy, like, this is the victory that the president sorely needs, and he could turn everything around now. It's like, hey, wait a minute. Let's say it's a 6-3 game in baseball, and you're trailing in the eighth inning, and you want to keep the score 6-3. So you call it a bullpen, and you bring in a lefty reliever, and that lefty reliever keeps the score 
6'3". That's basically what's happening here. It's a liberal replacing a liberal. This isn't Amy Comey Barrett coming in to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg, where you suddenly have now changed the court even more conservative. So all it does is hold serve, and, you know, Democrats really don't gain anything out of this. If Biden promised it, he'll keep a promise, but that doesn't, that's not going to change anything when you talk about inflation and crime and the border and education going south on them. That's still going to be what's going to be dragging them down going into the midterms of why a red tsunami is coming in November. You know, there's a lot of talk. There was a headline, one FoxNews.com article, Joe Paggs, that said Republicans are gearing up for a Supreme Court confirmation battle. Uh, why do I not believe that's true? Why do I think that the Republicans are just pretty much going to cave and, and whoever Joe nominates will probably have a pretty easy time of it? Because they always do, Sean, and you know this by, by covering it for, for as long as you have. They always do. The Republicans and conservatives and those who believe in traditional American values talk a good game and never do anything to back it up. But let's take big tech, uh, for example. They have all violated Section 230. They're all publishers. They're not, they're not platforms at all. And guest after guest after, after guest on your show, on my show that Joe has talked to, these people all promise we're taking them down. We're going to stop this. It's a free speech issue. We're not going to allow them to be the arms of, of the government. And every single time they never come through. You know why? They're afraid to lose their position. They're afraid to lose their invitation to, to the Tea Party or, or to, to the margaritas for lunch. These guys will, will say the game. They'll, they'll, they'll speak to speak. They won't walk the walk, though. They'll talk it all day long. And you're right. They're going to let this. As Joe said, this nominee doesn't really matter that much. It's the exact same makeup of, of the court afterwards. But what happens with the next one? What happens with the next one after that? Will they really stick to their guns and really take this thing home and do what they promised they would do? They are very good at saying it. They're very bad at doing it. And you know why? Probably speed of the, speed of the leader. Mitch McConnell is the leader. That, uh, just look at him and his wishy-washy you know, ways. You know, He talks a good game, and then, and then he does absolutely nothing. Quick break. More with Joe Paggs and Joe Concha on the other side. Then we'll get to your calls. 800 941 All right, back to uh, Joe Paggs, host of the Joe Paggs Show. Joe Concha, Fox News contributor, columnist for The Hill. Let me go back to Jonathan Turley's piece. And, and remember, Jonathan is a, a Democrat. He said the pledges that B- Biden has made, meaning he's only going to choose an African-American woman for this role and an African-American woman as vice president. The, the pledge amounts to this, no matter how qualified men or in this case, the Supreme Court, women who are not black may be. He will not consider them as candidates. And presidents have always been careful to state that while they seek diversity among their nominees, they would appoint the most qualified person, regardless of race, religion, gender, sexual orientation. But in a single declaration, Biden quickly dispensed with even the pretense of equal consideration, imposing an absolute requirement that a nominee be of a particular gender or race is effectively an affirmative action pledge. It's precisely what the Supreme Court already declared to be unconstitutional discrimination. Um, Does this become an issue, or is that just a a conservative fantasy, Joe Concha? I wonder, let's say you're, uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, uh, Sri Saravasian, right? And I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, He is an Asian American, right? And he is somebody who is immensely qualified for the Supreme Court. Why do the Asians always get screwed in these situations? You know what I mean? If we're going to start, like, checking off boxes, you never hear, I want to put the first Asian American on the court. Uh, to, To answer your question, and I'm not really avoiding it because uh, maybe I am because this really isn't my purview but uh, I, I, I think Turley makes a 
good point. I, I just don't see, to Joe Pags's point, like Republicans really pursuing this that hard to say that this is unconstitutional and so on. I think they'll just kind of get out of the way so they could get to the midterms with, without looking like a party that opposed a black woman uh, on national television, if that makes sense. What's your take of Turley's uh, analysis? I thought it was pretty hard-hitting. The National Review, just to add a little more to this, similarly said Biden eliminated uh, a generation of progressive jurists with a different racial and gender label, and he's unwisely limited his options by preemptively declaring uh, all of this during the 2020 campaign. Uh, and they rightly point out it's unconstitutional, too. I mean, forget about Congress and advising consent. In this instance, Joe Paggs, one has to wonder if there would be a court challenge to it. Well, I think that there could be. Turley is absolutely right about this. He, the, the bottom line is they are literally violating the equal rights promised in this country by, by making an announcement as to race and gender or sex of who the next person's going to be. And you're right. They're eliminating everybody else who, who have worked their faces off who don't happen to be a black woman in this entire thing. And if we're looking at actual demographics of our country, let's say that that relates directly to, to the demographics of those who are available, and it might not. But, but black women in America are 7% of the population. Are you literally saying to 93% of the population you have no chance to be in the Supreme Court under Joe Biden? Is that really what America is today? The, the, you know the answer really to the happens? question we know yeah. is yes. And yeah. and again, yeah. I'm, I'm saying this fully acknowledging that there are definitely uh, qualified people in all backgrounds, all races, all religions, et cetera, et cetera. But there's no, but never been a president that has made race and gender the defining factor. That's the difference here, Joe. Do you think it will have a boomerang effect? Oh, I'm sorry, I, I thought there's somebody Joe's on this call. Uh, I'll ask both of you actually. I'll, I'll become the interviewer. Do you think this will have a boomerang effect where people will? You know, Concha can't help himself, Joe Pags. I'm sure you've had him on as a guest. He does this crap all the time. I mean, he, he, go ahead, Joe, take over. You, you what's your question? You said I should host a show. Well, hey, better no better time than the present. Uh, I'm just wondering if it has a boomerang effect, if enough people just see through this as being phony and just as an olive branch to try to rile up the base and, and, and really eliminating all all different people that are qualified for this, whether you're male, whether well, you're... But I think uh, by now yeah. everybody's used to the Democrats playing identity politics. Look, I, I always said for all these years, Joe Pags, <clears throat> not Concha, <laughs> uh, I said for all these years... That every two and four years, Democrats, you know, they, they have their playbook. Republicans, racist, sexist, misogynist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, now it's like every day, every hour of every day. And it's, I, I think at some point there might be this backlash. I'll give you the last word in this segment. Well, I, I've, I've got to wonder, why do they keep doing it, Sean? Why make this announcement beforehand? Why do this woke garbage every single day? Is it like a conservative listener, viewer, uh, a person who takes in the news is going to say, wow, Biden's going to put a black woman on the court. I'm now liberal. I'm not going to start voting their way. What exactly are they doing? Is this about raising money? Is, this, uh, is there somebody on the fence somewhere in America that said, you know, if he goes with a black woman on the Supreme Court, I'm going to vote uh, Biden. Well, Although demographically, I he's I don't get he's, it. Why he's losing it? support among the Democratic base, uh, right. among which are losing a lot of Hispanic Americans, African Americans. I don't know if if look, I think it all I think it all goes down to Bernie Sanders cornered him in a debate and he made the statement and he's got to stick with it. Anyway, Joe Thanks Contra, right. Joe yep. Pags, thank you both. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? We're going to update you on the economy and the border quick. When we come back with two congressmen, but we'll also get to your calls in the next half hour. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Quick break. Right back.
sure to check in as soon as you get to your car after work for breaking information you need to know about. This is the Sean Hannity Show. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Let's go back to last Tuesday first. Now, the RNC put out an ad, and it is devastating, making the case that Joe Biden is a a cognitive disgrace and a just a it's it's beyond humiliating for the country, beyond embarrassing for the country, but even worse than that, it's dangerous for the entire world. This is what the RNC put out. The political coverage the, that look. Some of the political players and some of the. Uh, let me ask a rhetorical question. No, anyway. I mean, it's a devastating ad. I mean, and it goes on for 50 minutes. That's a short version of it. Uh, he was at a roundtable yesterday um, with CEOs, and it's just as bad. Listen. Uh, I'm always talking about Corvettes. I don't want to make Ford or anybody else upset. But uh, um, I might point out, you're, uh, when I went to Dearborn driving that, uh, you know, uh, was up there. I don't know, man. It, it, uh, I think the press thought I was crazy. I enjoyed it so much going up and uh, your new EV factory and, uh, and that, uh, that Hummer. Uh, it's pretty embarrassing. Anyway, joining us now is the ranking member, Congressman Brian Stiles, with us, Wisconsin District 1. All right, you saw the press conference. You saw the ad. You saw the president yesterday. Do you think this president is mentally up to this job, cognitively up to the job of being the president of the United States? I'm incredibly concerned with where the president's at. He's completely disconnected to the problems Americans are facing. At a time when prices are rising, increasing by over 7%, his plan is to send more money into the economy. He's ignoring the crisis on the border. He refuses to address the crisis in crime. We are seeing a president completely disconnected from the challenges every American is facing. You really got to wonder what's going on. You really do. What's your take uh, Congressman Cloud, I mean, uh, I'm watching this, and it, frankly, it's embarrassing for the country from my perspective, and it's humiliating, but it's also dangerous if you have a president that cognitively weak. Do you think he is strong enough cognitively for this job? Do you think he's up to the task of, of taking on the toughest job, arguably, in the world? Well, he, you know, when you're calling a lid at, at 3 p.m. on a day where we're facing potential conflict in the Ukraine uh, and you're out having an item, it, it, it's just you're not really taking these issues seriously at all. And, and the American people are tired of going crisis to crisis to crisis to crisis. And uh, that's what we see coming out of this administration right now. Well, I mean, that's that's a pretty scary thing. Let me play for you both. I wanted to get an update from both of you on the issue of what's going on um, at the borders. Now, w- border agents confronted uh, DHS Secretary Mayorkas, and he actually admitted, yeah, it's never been this bad in 20 years. Every time something important comes here, uh, we rush out. We 
be uh, 50 more buses that come in and they take as many people out of here as they can. You guys keep saying you want to see how it really is down here. Why do we keep sending as many people out of here, out of here as we can before they get here? It's not really showing what it is. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure I follow. Sorry. So, TPC, this whole area back here, before you come down, before anybody comes down, a senator, it doesn't matter. They bust as many people out of here as they can to whatever other sector. It may appear that people are trying to showcase that everything can be boring. We know better. I know better. The commitment remains, and we'll keep fighting. Let me, let me just say, you can turn your back on me, but I'll never turn your back my back on you. Your take now, he keeps saying that, but we've had a record year. Donald Trump, you know, was able to lower it. We had a 30-year low of illegal immigration thanks to his policy, stay in Mexico, build the wall, uh, getting rid of catch and release. Now we have a president that, well, he got rid of the stay in Mexico policy. He's not building any barriers. And forget catch and release, it's process release preferential treatment no covid testing because they're not going to be here for a long time uh there's no vaccine mandates and you get a free transportation to the state of your choice that sounds to me like a president congressman style that is aiding and abetting and law breaking this president needs to be held accountable for what he's doing at the border i was down at the border recently speaking with border patrol agents and you see what this administration is doing they're sending a message to the entire world that our border is open and it's exacerbating a problem. Not only are they refusing to build the wall, there's areas of the wall that they're actually deconstructing. They're making the problem worse and they continue to send the message that our border is open. We need to hold this administration accountable and we need to restart, restart construction of the border wall immediately. I'll get your take, Congressman Cloud. Well, the only thing remarkable uh, about the leaked audio is the fact that you have somebody from the Biden administration, albeit in a private meeting, admitting that there's a problem. Uh, the fact is, is that we've known there's a problem. Here in South Texas, I met with Border Patrol just a couple weeks ago, and I asked for an update on safe third country and how that was going uh, since it's been court-ordered to be re-implemented. They literally laughed out loud. <clears throat> I said, we've got no direction, no orders, no memos, no nothing. And and so uh, you see this administration just doing barely enough to be able to point to an isolated incident. But the truth is, is that they are doing exactly what you said. The cartels are bringing them to the border, and then we're taxpaying funding the next step until they get to the process. And then the cartels pick up the relationship at that point and continue to, to abuse the lives of these people and, and to wreak havoc throughout communities here in South Texas, but around the nation as well. Well, uh, pretty scary, and we see what's happening. And states like Pennsylvania, I think rightly, and Florida and others are saying, no, you're facilitating the law-breaking, not us. And then you're exactly. just dropping people into our state. Uh, we're going to send these people to Washington, D.C. or Delaware, and Joe's state can take care of it because we're not going to be part of the law-breaking and, and basically an accessory after the fact. Let me move on to the economy, Congressman Style. Uh, we've got a 40-year high with inflation. You know, Joe Biden's been out there attacking specific industries like the meat industry. Uh, I know dairy is big in, in your state of Wisconsin, uh, and he's been attacking other industries. Isn't the real cause of inflation that Joe Biden's decision, his economic policies, coupled with his energy policies, 
that has caused us to end energy independence, being a net exporter of energy, and now relying on foreign imports, which has now dramatically raised the, the cost of everything we buy in every store we go to, raised the cost to fill our gas tanks, raised the cost to heat and cool our homes? I can't go anywhere without people coming up to me in the grocery store or at the gas pump complaining about higher prices. Let me add one. It's not only terrible energy policies by Joe Biden, starting with him killing the Keystone Pipeline on day one. It's not only the fiscal policies of Joe Biden, where all all problems, in his opinion, should be solved by more money, which is driving up the cost of everyday goods. But we also have a monetary policy from the Federal Reserve that's pumped in and built a balance sheet up of four trillion additional dollars in the past two years, a hundred billion dollars in the last eight weeks. And so when you couple the energy policy with the fiscal policy, with the monetary policy, you enter the nightmare scenario that every American family is feeling when they fill up their car with gas, when they go to the grocery store, when they're out shopping for their family. Well, I mean, every single person I know is feeling it, feeling it big time. Congressman Cloud will give you the last word. Well, you know, here in my district, we have a number one uh, oil and gas export port in the nation. And to see how the Biden administration's policies have caused gas prices to go up, but also we have a lot of ag. And so I'm talking to farmers who can't afford fertilizer or, or pesticides and those kind of things. And, the, and what that means to food prices for the American family, it's just policy issue after policy issue after policy issue, much of it driven by the Green New Delusion uh, ideology uh, being used to just take control of, of, of our economy. It's just it's devastating the American families. People are seeing it. Prices at the pump, prices at the grocery store. We've got a reverse course. All right. I appreciate both of you for updating us on all of this. Congressman uh, Cloud, thank you. Congressman Style, thank you.